everyone. Welcome to our second episode of our third season of Relative Pitch. Um, wow, episode two, episode two, season three. What an interesting time the world is in right now. There's a lot of current events happening <laughs> this past week. Can we just, okay, first of all. Twitter is popping. Twitter, Twitter is going off right now. Twitter is popping, y'all. Like, Y'all are so unserious. <laughs> I'm saying this to but, all of Twitter. <laughs> but come on now, like. <laughs> I mean, okay, if, if, if for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, the when Queen the Queen obviously has passed, that's been a really big headline in our news for whatever reason um, right now, even though that it doesn't really concern us. Um, and there are a lot of people who are taking, you know, they're grieving, obviously. And then there are people who are, who are not, um, and there are a lot of, I will have to say, y'all are very creative. The world is very creative. Twitter is very creative. Um, I think it was funny. Sometimes whenever people are grieving, it can be get really heavy. You need some lightheartedness. Agreed. Agreed. Did y'all see the one I saw it this morning? It was Jay-Z hugging somebody. And it was like when Hitler saw Queen Lizzie coming in. Oh my God. I was like, y'all. They have been dragging her since, Bro. when did it happen, Thursday? So Thursday. I saw a TikTok that like spoke on this and it was just like, you know, some people are like, how can y'all do this? And like, you know, talk about somebody who just passed, especially like the queen. And it's just like, well, this queen um, has been the queen of colonizers, literally been in power uh, and, you know, leading genocides in, in other countries, specifically countries of colored people. And then you want us to respect this person. And for Americans specifically, I'm, I'm not going to say we, because it's y'all, have a very strong obsession with British culture. It's kind of weird. It, it, it really is. like... Why? It's because the crown. It's like on Netflix, like the show. I think I think it, I think it's partly because the crown. I love the crown, but I'm not like looking at British like royalty and monarchy every day. Like you can separate it. But, but we also true. got really attached to Meghan Markle. Well, Meghan Markle is Meghan. American though. But so yeah, again, it, it it married into the royal family. So a lot of Americans are interested in that story because a lot of people wanted the crown. They were hoping Lizzie was going to outlive Charles because Charles is a bad person. Um, and they were thinking that he was going to skip, but that's not how it works. It's not. It's not. So the thing about it is, though, like what annoys me is that there are there was, I believe, a, a professor who was Nigerian who was speaking on this and being like, honestly, I know my family is celebrating because of all the things that have happened within like colonialism that she was in in charge when it happened. And this is, I mean, listen, these aren't personal attacks. They're what happened. They're they're not attacks. Right, these are facts. It's facts. <laughs> these are it's actual facts. You cannot ask people who have been colonized to mourn their colonizer. That's actually insane yeah and it's just like 
what, what do you want us to do? I mean, and specifically Black Twitter, okay? I have been laughing my ass off this entire time, okay? Like, Black Twitter, because first of all, when anybody dies, it's a, in the Black community, a fune, a good funeral with a good repast at the end is the way to go. And I, there was this one TikTok where this guy sent a voice recording to Meghan Markle's um, uh, Instagram and was just like, girl, I heard that the grandma is dead, child. And they were just going on what we having at the field, what we having at the repast. I hope we ain't have no tea and crumpets. You know, we need some collard greens, cornbread, pig feet, pigtails. And I was just sitting there dying. Okay. <laughs> so for me, it's funny. I am like, I, I do know somebody who like really loved the queen. And it was just like, oh my gosh, like the queen is in. And I was like, She's what damn near a hundred. Like, did we think she was? I, I mean, I had a shock factor. Like, I was like, oh, oh crap, or oh, insert expletive here. The queen died, but then mm -hmm. immediately afterwards, I was like, like, because the memes they were quick. I'm sorry, they, they were so were quick. quick. They were. They quick. were. Oh my gosh! If y'all have not seen a show, okay, I can't even remember the show name, but it's on HBO Max. It's an animated show. It's about um the child. It's about one of the the sons son um i think like williams what's williams son name oh is it is it um george or is it philip or louis is it prince louis it's louis and george it, oh, they, they got a louis up in there yes yeah, the youngest boy well they basically make the oldest whatever williams oldest boy gay and like in the it's George. It is George. It's, he's like a, a queen. He is out here just like, I effing hate all of this. And like, it is just like the funniest thing. It's like eight episodes, 30 minutes. I literally binged it and was dying laughing the entire time. Now, is this on only, Netflix? It's on HBO Max. Oh. Um, now, that is as far as I go into royal things, maybe Bridgerton, but that's not real. But that's right. as far as I go. I've never seen The Crown or what is it, Downton Abbey? Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey's so slow. I'm sorry. I can't do Downton. I really tried. People I can't. People really like that show. They really love it. The Crown, I, what I love about The Crown is the dramatics and the history behind it because it is interesting. And then also Diana's season, like the fourth season where they introduced Diana and now this new season that's about to come out that has like the story of like, you know what happens and everything like that's drama I live for. Like, I'm just like, this is, I'm, I'm eating it up. Now, I wonder if we are going to have, you know how when JFK died, mm -hmm. uh, when he was murdered um, and how later the, the files got released. Mm -hmm. I wonder, because I mean, we all know the CIA did it. Like we we do. He was about to disband them, and they said, "Wow." Um, so I'm wondering if files are going to be released on how Lizzie, you know, mm -mm, mm -mm. uh, uh, like I'm just I'm I I I'm curious. Now, do you think anybody's going to write a piece of music about her? Anthony, um, did you really just ask that question? It literally, I mean, they already got God Save the Queen. Like, do they need anything else? I guess that so there's going to be music. Why? Anyway, 
you know what all this to say like whatever your opinions are just understand that there are going to be people with very opposite opinions of you and you have to understand why <laughs> that <laughs> that people are not celebrating or they're not like oh we lost this amazing person like maybe that's not the case for some people like that's just how colonialism works sorry get over it anyway sure Anyway. Um, education wise what's i mean let me tell you okay so let me speak to what's happening here in seattle right now because i haven't even talked to y'all about this so the 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 teachers in sps which is seattle public schools are currently on strike they were supposed to go back to school this past week they um were not going the negotiations with their unions and all the all the the boards just were not going well so they went okay schools canceled today try me tomorrow schools canceled tomorrow try me again schools canceled for the entire week try me like i literally was like because my my department within the seattle symphony is education community engagement so we're really in touch with our teachers and our educators in the city because we're always sharing information with them we're getting info from them sending them resources and honestly like I love to see it because y'all are going to y'all are going to teach like treat teachers the the way they deserve to be treated and pay them the what they deserve because trying to cut back on all these resources and then tell them you need to have more class sizes and all this stuff you're taking away things and then asking them to give you more that doesn't make any sense. Steve. What you mean? <laughs> right, like I mean that's just literally what the government's saying. Like, what you mean? Like that shouldn't be controversial, but it is. And like people are like, oh well, this just shows that like they don't really care about the students. It actually shows that they care more about the students than y'all do because they're literally saying if we if we were to do this, the week or weeks that this is going to end up being when we actually get what we're asking for, it's going to make up for it for the weeks that we are missing right now to to protest for this right now and the what i saw on twitter because this is a whole thing happening on seattle twitter with these teachers is the parents were like honestly the teachers have been really communicative they have been telling us all the things going on they've been really open and sharing the situations and the board has been sending really like blank like vague things that no one really cares to hear they don't, they're not really speaking to the issue they're just kind of saying this will be wrapped up soon so from what i'm hearing the parents are more understanding to what the teachers are asking for right now. And they're like, the kids are fine. Like their kids are really fine. Like, like they haven't, like as of in the past few years, they haven't gone through worse than maybe a strike the first week of school. So, I mean, what do y'all think? Because that's been something happening, I'm sure a few different places. Well, the only, oh, Anthony. No, I mean, it is happened in multiple places. Um, and it's so funny, these policymakers you know, we're like, you don't care about the kids and the parents, but the, most parents are already like, y'all need to pay teachers way more. And I feel like, especially coming out of COVID, um, parents realize that their children are a piece of work sometimes. Girl. Okay. Like, and, but they still, you know, come to school. So I think there was a more of an appreciation for teachers in that respect. But we all know how policymakers and the senators and all these people are. They just seem out of touch from everything. And what I am so sick of is starting from principals and starting for sometimes from your peer teachers as well, all the way up. 
I'm sick of people saying, you cannot, teachers cannot do this. They can't wear this. They can't, you know, teach this way, da, 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 da. And it's like, who the hell are you? For in a teacher shortage right now, yeah. where there should be at least 80 teachers on a campus and there's 32, mm. you really finna tell me I can't wear jeans on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, thankful I didn't come in pajamas, but I'm still here. I am still here. And then you're going to tell me what I can't teach. Well, maybe you should get in the classroom and then teach the way that you want to be taught then. Honestly, I'd be like, mm, I guess we're doing written. I, this is what I was, I was looking this up. I'm so sorry. Um, the last big teacher strike I remember or heard of was there was one in Chicago that garnered some national recognition. And then there was, the Minneapolis public schools, which mm -hmm. was 30,000 students out of school for more than two weeks. Yep. Now, Minneapolis, now I'll say, cause I, I, I met somebody in my master's, I was from like Minnesota. They real about their teacher unions. They were like, you will pay me more or I will walk. And not in the, and here's the thing. It's the same thing that happens in the music community is in the freelance community. Hashtag me. Um, <laughs> we have someone come in and undercut. It's like, oh, I'll do that for half. Oh, I'll do that for, like, I'll teach an hour lesson for $20. It's like, you're undercutting the industry and you're making it look more, like, you're making it look like we don't deserve the money we do. Like, people like, I'm just going to say it, people who have said here and there past couple of years that, hey, let me just come in and teach my band classes and you can pay me less. Okay, bet. Now you just cut half the workforce. Thanks, bro. So every band director ever is now 49% because they're like, you come to teach the band classes and that's it. And we'll smoosh them all in one because you could do that, right? You could do one big band because they don't want multiple bands now. They want to get the cheapest band they can get because you gave them that one option. As long as they perform on a Friday night, that's the only thing. As long as they perform on a Friday night. That's the thing. We cannot undercut ourselves. But I feel like teachers the i call them the bright-eyed bushy tails because we all are bright-eyed bushy tail coming out of undergrad we'll go in and work even if it's a bad situation because we're like we want the work i feel like in college in music and other places we need to be exposing our students to what is the white though the right work environment like what should you take and what should you take like yes you're gonna you're gonna have to pay your dues to a certain extent because jobs are scarce if you want to work a full-time job but like you should know when to get out like if it is your time to get out please get out and if you try hard enough because the music community will get you like we ain't gonna just let you slide unless you're a bad person then that mean i just you just gotta you yeah but even so like I I really think that when you are in undergrad and you're becoming a teacher, it's funny because we, we say like, oh my gosh, like I wish I knew this. But it's, I've been saying this for a couple months now, like our professors did say it was not gonna be a piece of cake. Yes. But it doesn't, it doesn't hit you until you are there. Because they could say, this is going to hurt you. You're going to fall on your ass on this week of school, blah, blah, blah. 
that sounds like, oh my gosh, like I'm just sitting at an 8 a.m. class right now, you know, chilling. But then when you get to your job and you're like, wow, I'm sitting on my ass right now. And I feel like I am like swimming to the top of the water. And it's like, why didn't nobody tell me this? It it was mentioned. Well, it was mentioned. I like those teachers in education because I, I, I wasn't in education. They were like, you got to get in my class. Like my class is at 7.45 a.m. Uh-huh. From my one teacher in particular at KSU, which I think he was training the right things. Like school starts at 7.45 a.m. If you can't wake up now, what you going to do in one year when it's your student teaching? Agreed. And it's like he's like th there was there's I think there's some there's some unsaid things. And there were some said things like this is what it's going to be like. People said I think I think I overheard this. Teaching bans the easy part. It's everything else. Yeah, I mean that's. I would order a bus. I would. My kids would not get anywhere. They'll be like, they'll be like, did you order a bus? Y'all got gas. But see, you know what? That also because I know some people, music teachers. Mm -hmm, I'm looking at you, where the administrative part of your job just gets thrown to the side, and then it's like you are catching up from there. Like we have to remember that. Yes, we are music teachers, but we're also teachers. You know, like we have that responsibility to us too. So that same documentation that the rest of the teachers have, we got to do that too. And it, and it really kind of sucks because it's like, a you know, a two in one job, but that's what we do. And that leads me to my other thing of just like, I need people to stop telling me, you know, what to do because specifically me as you know usually the only person on the campus who who can do my job you don't know what I have to do so stop telling me if you tell me I can't wear jeans I'm sorry this jean thing I really hate I, first of all I hate dress code I hate dress code for students and I hate dress codes for adults you are not going to tell me what to wear okay that's it. For I know what professional wear is. I'm not going to come in here with my booty hanging out. Like, I'm not going to do yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, but, it's, it can't be Euphoria High. Like, don't, don't come in here acting like it's Euphoria High. Right. But, I am not going to be like Cat and come with, you know, Allah, see black, and you know. I mean, why not? <laughs> but I mean, like, I used to be a totally against wearing anything less than khakis when teaching. That was you, and I always disagree and, with that. And now I wear shorts. I be wearing jeans because I'm not a full-time teacher. And even if I was, I'd be like, y'all, it's hot. It's Georgia. Like, why can't we wear shorts? Like, what's what's wrong with my kneecap? Like, what, what, what <laughs> my kneecap, my guy, my one, my two kneecaps that sometimes look real rough. Like, what is wrong with my kneecaps? But one thing I will say to the point, I do hate dress codes. But there are some people that would come from like where I came from, enter the music industry and like at KSU School of Music or like any school of music X and don't know what professional dress is. So like as a studio teacher, like next semester, what I'm adding in is we're going to have two performance classes a month where they perform repertoire. And it's just like two times. That's it. That's all I want. I want you to come and show me what your professional dress is. And if it's like, 
halfway through the semester and they all know what it is, then I'll eliminate, I'll eliminate that requirement. I just want to know that when you go out into these schools that you know right now what is required. You know what I mean? Here's like, I don't want to be, it's just like, uh, let me double check you before you burn a bridge that you don't even know. Yeah, because here's the thing. We can we can really be all like, we can do whatever we want da, 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 when it comes to like, going into job like hirings and all that stuff like it's for me it's different when it's like teaching because first of all kids really don't care kids really if you really ask them they're like i wouldn't care if my my teacher were if is she teaching or is he teaching or are they teaching like the things they're supposed to be teaching okay then that's all that matters but when it comes to like you're going into schools to do like uh like or you're doing jobs and everything or like uh, applying for jobs and everything if you walk in looking a certain way that they just don't click with, you have to understand that they're gonna, that's gonna be something they think about. And that's just the truth of the matter. Like you and, and sometimes they're like, you know what, we like this. We like the idea of like a non-traditional dress and other places they're like, what they're, they're thinking already that you're there. It's gonna be something they have to talk about or it's something they're gonna have to fight. And they're just like, mm. but no, the, like it, that and that were, and now that is the, um, thing of if you are going into something mm -hmm. now once you are in that position and this is what I can speak on from a teacher mm -hmm. first of all and and this is this is my philosophy at a school and was this maybe the best teaching thing no but I also let them know that I wasn't going to do this uh there was a dress code and it was very like detailed and everything like this. And I'm literally, I'm not doing this. I'm not. And here's why. At that school that I was at, we had a big attendance issue with students. So are we really prioritizing what the hell they got on? Or are they in this seat learning something? Which one is more of the important issue here? It has been unfortunately exactly my point you were now you were making these students that haven't showed up all week showed up on friday with rips in their jeans now you want me to send them out of the class to go to the front office to get new pair of pants they done already missed my class so they now missed the entire week of instruction mm. so what what are we where is our priorities when it comes to that? I will also add the harsh reality that we forget. What if that's our only genes? Agreed. So I said this to a veteran teacher. I was like, first of all, how do you know that's not the only thing that they own? And like for that student, I knew that that student was number seven out of nine children. They're all go to the school or have been to the school. It's a very big possibility. This might be one of the only things they have right now. So now you want me to embarrass this student. Okay. You want me to embarrass this student by saying you have a hole or, th or this isn't following this dress code. It's and what is a, my question is, what is a dress code actually for? 
Because back in the day, you could say, well, it's getting you ready for the professional working world. Well, now majority of people in today's world, do you know what Work their jobs are? Work at home. They're at home, making more money than all of us combined, sitting on a computer in their pajamas. Right, with slippers on. That's me on my remote days, y'all. <laughs> it's, it's the life. <laughs> and it's just like, and we are also saying that, and if they do have an in-person job that has professional dress, guess what? The job says, this is your uniform. Mm. Here it is. Boom. Also, the idea that you mentioned earlier of like, like what you wear to the interview versus what you wear when you actually start working there are, are very different things, at least in, from what I've been seeing, because... Um, I don't the I choose to wear certain things to work because I want to but if I wanted to like basically I'm wearing like a flannel leggings right now if I put on sneakers my boss wouldn't say crap to me he wouldn't say one word he would be like hey <laughs> because guess what that doesn't affect what I do it exactly. really doesn't exactly <laughs> in fact if you for teaching in front of students if you dress you know normal modern they're gonna be like oh my gosh that is so like cute blah 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 now you've engaged with the student like I remember um so I have these blue Jordans um and like the school that I worked at the school's color was blue and so I wore my Jordans with jeans and a blah 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 and I was like Morris you got on the Jordans I was like yeah, yeah. you see me you see what I got on Okay. And like, so we are now engaging in a conversation. Now they see that I'm not some like old stickler and blah, blah, blah. We can, and you know, now we're building this trust. We're building all of these things now to like, okay, Morris is cool. Now when they're in my class, we got a good working relationship. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I also have met, you know, and this I think goes into the millennial Gen Z versus, you know, they think professional, the older people think professional dress, you got to be in like a suit, a tie. You got, I'm sorry. I don't wear ties. I don't wear suits. I, that's just not me. That is very, I guess, masculine, straight male type of thing. And, and I'm sorry, that's, I can't do that. First of all, it doesn't. I get hot. I get real hot. Yeah, like and it's, it's not a good look when I take that jacket off. So then I have to keep the jacket on. I get more hot. Yes. But will I be will I have on something that's professional that is still, you know, to me that is cute? Yeah. Like I love so if you were watching this, go check out our Instagram and go uh see what we had on for our GMA presentation. I love what each one of us had on, like one, it was professional, but it was modern. Like it was like, I had on a good old heeled boot, okay? Let me go look at it. He... Right, like- I'm like, I'm like, what did I wear? It was- okay, now, Also from Anthony's um, thing was he wore the Jordans. How I relate to my students, cause they call me old, is I wear my Skechers. Oh. And they're like, oh, you got your comfortable shoes on. That means you're working today. I said, yeah, I'm working today. <laughs> I got my comfortable shoes on. Jesus. Jesus. Like, 
I love like working with students and like I walk in and they're like, oh, Miss Green, where'd you get those shoes from? And I'm like, oh, girl, I got it from here. He and like, because yeah. people, I, I really do feel like people are like, there are certain educators, like you were saying, in a certain generation who they don't feel like that's appropriate. I'm like, why? Like, that's because oh, as soon as we talk about it, guess what we're doing? We're working. We're like, okay, good. Let's go, go back to this. But you were able to bond with your students just by like, oh, we wear like, it's cute. Like, da da da. And sometimes I'm like, where'd you get that little dress from? Like, that's so cute. Like, they love that. They get know? to see that you're a person, that you're not yeah. just a teacher in this and what we think, you know, we've kind of been conditioned to learn. Y'all yeah. make me look bad. This was the year yeah. I went to GBA looking rough. See? Uh-huh. In each photo, though, we had our own little, we had our little thing. See, my thing, because I finally became vehemently against dress code, because I went to a school where the professors were, like, more relaxed. And I was like, oh, <laughs> bet. <laughs> bet. And so I went to GBA. I, I had Anthony's shirt on. He just gave it to me because he didn't want it. I said, "Ooh, I got khakis and I got my little Adidas. That is my outfit because I don't. I'm presenting. I ain't. I ain't coming here. I'm presenting this year. So mm -mm. I just think that in general, in the past, uniforms have been made to cancel out individuality and and have this sense of conformity to it. Whereas now, we want to go to work and still show that we're a human being. And that's a really big thing. Is that I think in the past it was just what you did at work defined who you are. And we're like, no, I have so much that defines me, not just this one job, this one little thing. Like, honestly, it's like, it's down there. You know what I mean? Like, it's how I make money. It's something that a lot of us are passionate about, but I know people who are like, I work to have the lifestyle that I want to. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't live to work, I work to live, <laughs> you know? And so like, for me, I'm just like, everyone, everyone has a preference. I have, like, there's some days I'm like, I do want to put on, like, a little cute, like, blouse and, like, a little skirt or whatever and some heels. But I also like wearing heels. You know what I mean? But there's some days where I'm like, if I want to, like, wear a good flat, you will catch me in my flats, my sneaks. Mm -hmm. Like. <laughs> do what you do. But, and, and uh, one more thing. You need to be at peace mm -hmm. at your job. Whew. You need to be at peace, whether that is what you got on, what you do, uh, how you run your classroom, or if you were in some type of high title, however you run that, your office might need to be a, a certain way, long as you are at peace, because there's only one person doing your job, and for you to do that well, you should have some type of peace. If you are always running around like your head is cut off, mm. might want to find, you know, find why. And sometimes the job is demanding. I know as a teacher, it is demanding. But I would always go sit in my little office and I would just kind of sit there, breathe, because that's what you need to do sometimes, breathe. And, and just say, okay, let me collect my peace. Because it's when we don't have peace, we do things that we might end up regretting. Whether that's lashing out at a student, yelling, or or this, or, or you know, maybe not uh, submitting something on time. It's because we didn't have some type of inner peace. Mm. And if you go so long without peace, you're going to end up hating your job. Mm and you were going to leave the profession.
Now, that is something I want to talk about. You know, um, I've been hearing more and more about people leaving in a, a big alarming rate. And we've talked about burnout before, but I think it's something more than burnout. Um, you know, some are just like, I'm not going to do something that if it ain't in the right place, it's not exactly what I want to do. You know, I feel like the older generation would have said, suck it up. But we're, we're like, I need to be at peace. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I feel like our new, the newer generations prioritize well-being and mindfulness and like mental health over anything. Whereas, and, and, and I know this is for a actual fact because I have a boomer parent, I have my mom who is very much a boomer. And we talk about this and back in the day, you got a job to pay to, to raise a family, all those things. It didn't really matter if you had a passion for it. It didn't really matter if you liked your job, you just did it, right? We're not there anymore. We are absolutely, now people will quit a job in a quick, fast hurry. And, and at, it, at first, it used to be a thing where it was like, oh, these, they don't know how to stick to a job. They don't know anything about respecting like loyalty. It's like, I'm respecting it and loyal to myself. And that's who I prioritize. Like, cause why am I worrying about a corporate company? Why yeah. am I worried about y'all? Cause if you actually wanted to have people working there, pay them more. Mm. Give, give them a livable wage, a yeah. livable wage with all like PTO, all the things that they need, because it's a package deal. All those things are a package deal. The health insurance. Health insurance, all that stuff. So yeah, if you're not going to pay me my work, especially, honestly, even still to today, people are leaving jobs even that pay well because they're like, this is messing with my mental health. I can go somewhere else that is going to actually treat me with the respect that I deserve. And I'm in that boat. Like I can't, I can't imagine working in an environment that I am like constantly like feeling like I'm losing my mind. I'm losing the passion for what I'm doing. Um, and I admire everyone who's out in the workforce right now. I admire our generation, the ones under us there. I think there are a few dri a drizzle from the, the older generations that are starting to understand what we're going for because these corporations will take advantage of you. They will just take as, as long as you are just working and you're just doing your thing, they will continue to let you do that and let you drown. They will never ever be like, you know what? You've been just doing so great. We're going to bump you up by a dollar this month. You know what I mean? They, they're not going to do that. They, I, I don't know. I am at my heart. I'm old and I have some old habits and old ways. And then I'm also not old because I'm not old. But like my thing with the people, like Anthony said, like you said, they don't want to do what they want to do. They want to be where they want to live. They want to. The only question I have is how much do you actually love this then? Like I could not go a day without making music and without teaching music. I got to live in Montana where there's a population of 10,000 people in this city and I'm at a university, but I'm making music every day. Then I'm going to do that. Like, that's just me though. Like, cause I could not do anything else. Then I would then like hate life every day. Like I have very long days, but I enjoy what I do all the time. And if you do not enjoy what you do, please not even for the sake of the profession, get out of the profession because then you're not going to be happy with yourself. You're not going to be at peace like Anthony was talking about. But also, 
because our profession is as trained as some lawyers and some doctors, and we're also way underpaid compared to them. We don't need people in the profession that does this is this all making sense? So I I hear what you're saying. The only thing that I'm going to say to combat that is the fact that I I've seen burnout. I've myself knowing who I am, the passionate person I am, who I know music is in all of me, have gotten so close to stepping away from it because of this the environment that I was in. Um, and that's like the what that's what I, I'm getting to is the fact that it's not and that's because everyone wants to immediately target that point like oh do you, you must not love it enough if da, 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 that's able to happen and it's like what happens sometimes is people too late figure out that it's the environment they're in and that they needed to get out of and it's too late they're already they're drained they're burned out the passion's gone the fire's out and they can't do anything to replenish that um so I, I don't agree that people are leaving just because they're not pa they're not passionate enough about their fields. I think they absolutely love. I think there are people who leave their field to who every single day they hurt because they feel that they they did they feel like they gave up. But instead, what happened is the environment that they were in literally crushed it out of them. But what is um, the what if the environment is someone who is about to graduate saying I will only take a job in this city? They're choosing their environment. That's just preference then. That, that's that's, that, very that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying about the environment. I'm saying like when you put too many parameters on yourself, it's like I then question like how much did you enjoy this? Like I understand we want to live where we want to live. But like that that for me is not a boundary. And I understand that is a boundary for some people and we all need our boundaries. But like I sometimes I just can't get it. And I think both of you are are exactly great in both of your points because it's like for some people my boundary is like if I'm not in this because the thing with am I passionate yes I am passionate about this but I, I also have a life outside of this as well that I have to make sure Anthony is good as just Anthony but I also have to make sure Anthony as a passionate musician is good as well and if Anthony as just at home is not living well then it's going to seep into that, you know, my musical passion. Mm -hmm. And that's going to create some type of turmoil. So it's like you have to be, you know, solid in both realms of your life or all realms of your life. If you have multiple of those, you have to be 100% in each one. And, you know, again, for you, Michael, I, you know, I could not teach in Montana because I'm sorry, I would be the only melanated person in Montana. That's facts. <laughs> and that's a scary situation. Like that's, you know, come on now. <laughs> Montana, I don't even know where Montana is. Okay. I don't know where that's there. Girl. But, you know, I, but I, I understand where you're coming from because there are some people who, um, who are like, I only want this, this, and this. Like, if, if you're just graduating undergrad, I only want to be an associate director at a school that has like 500 students in the program. They have a wind ensemble, wind symphony, symphonic band. They have a, a you know, they won like grand nationals at BOA. Like, there are people like that. And I think that's who you are, 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 are that questioning. Is 
That is what I'm questioning. Yes. Those okay. are the people because, and, and uh, honestly, they exist. And I sometimes ask them like, is this really what you want? Because you just created a lot of parameters that most likely will not happen unless you just have a silver spoon in your hand and not saying it won't happen, but it will most likely not happen with your first year out of college or your first job. Um, a smart person told me, um, it's not my first job that defines me. Sometimes it's not even my second job that that defines me. It's that job that, you know, that last job where you were sitting, you know, in your perfect position, that's, you know, the job we are looking for. But, you know, job one, two, or, or three is what got me here. And so I really think about, you know, it's a long-term thing. Um, but I understand exactly and um, exactly what you said too long. I mean, what, what I'm saying with that in that sense is like, first of all, um, we are all people who are, we can be separated from our work because we also have a lot of other things that we do. Like it's, yeah, we in general, like thinking about music, performing music, teaching music is something we do on a normal basis. But like for me, this past summer, there were weeks I took away from my flute that I was like, I need to get away from it. I need to take a step back because I think this idea of like, if you're not doing this every single day, then you're not, no, bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Because you know who all, there, there are so many amazing performers and educators who you need a break. And they do take a break without any shame whatsoever. And so for me, in order to keep myself passionate about what I do, there are breaks that I need away from it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a very normal thing. Cause that's how, that is how burnout starts is if when you're thinking if I, if today, if I take one day out of the entire year where I'm not doing music, then I'm not a musician. It's bullshit. You know what I mean? And that's the idea of like, not letting work define you, even the jobs that we get that are our jobs. Like I love my job right now, the one that I'm currently in, but like that doesn't define me. That is a stepping stone to a greater path and greater overall or overarching journey that is who I am. But like, I have so many other things, including this, what we're currently doing right now that add to who I am as a person. But like, do not let yourself get constrained down into your one job that you have right now defines who you are. Absolutely not. And in terms of the whole idea of like putting boundaries and specifications on your job, listen, if you're trying to go through and you're on D indeed and going through all them filters and da, 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 you see what happens to the more and more uh, filters you put on it, the less job options you have. And those job options are going to be harder than the ones with like only two or three versus 20 filters you have on it. So you have to be realistic. Like when you're starting, especially when you're starting out, you have to, now I'm not saying to go get any trash can on the side of the road thing you find. No, like no. have respect for yourself. Like make sure it's a place that you're still going to learn something from. But there, we have all had jobs and situations that we're like, that was, that was rough. Like that was like, I wouldn't choose to do that again. Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, really you hit the, you hit the nail because it's like, Yes, you need to find a place where you're going to be happy, where you think you can learn more in your job, but we don't, it shouldn't be the, you only want this top of the creme de la creme thing, you know, that can be a long-term goal. 
which I mean, we've talked about long term goals here. Always have those. But I because I know some people who is like, well, if I don't get this, you know, diamond, this diamond job, I'm not teaching music. Yeah, then that's it. Then that's the question what, what I would ask, like Michael, are you really passionate about music? Because that's when the question is warranted. Because Absolutely. I don't think you're passionate about music. I think you are passionate about the title that comes with this job. Mm-hmm. And that is what you care about most. Like I can always tell when, you know, a person cares more about their title than what they actually do. And that's not just in music, but this is every, like, um, I was, in, oh, I was somewhere and it was like, um, refer to me as manager. Mm-mm. I won't. You I is won't. who you is. You care about this title. Mm-hmm. The question is, did you deserve this title or were you no. to pick? So that's what I'm saying is, yes, we have to find places that we are safe, that we are comfortable, that we're going to be at peace. But what we don't want to do is limit ourselves, limit ourselves out of other jobs. Because the thing is, like, I can say this now because I'm not there anymore. My first job was not a job that I would have ever imagined me being at. But you know what? I learned a hell of a lot. Absolutely. And I am thankful. I am thankful for my experience there. Okay. Would I, you know, say I would do it again? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I hold every moment of that experience close to my heart because it made me a better person. And I and it really just showed me that I am passionate about music, because at some at the end of the day, when days were really hard, I still had like a little, you know, get up and go like, okay, well, we're gonna make music tomorrow. It's gonna be different, you know. So like it it kind of solidified for me that this is what I want to do, even when things get hard. I know that this is what I want to do. And um, like you were saying, Laura, is that sometimes it's your environment. And I think we maybe I don't, on a different episode, we should talk about that some people lead to burnout because they think that the job is wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the environment that you're mm-hmm. in. Because if you were removed from that environment, but did the same thing, you know, the same job, mm-hmm. you would be way better. Yes. And I, I mean, I don't know any like, I, well, I guess in music, some examples would be, you know, if you were to leave it, you know, just take a couple of days, go to like, a, for me, go to a conducting symposium, go to Midwest, go to GMA. And if you were like giddy and happy and things like that, that means, and then you go back to your job and you're like, I, I really hate this. It's most likely your environment that you were in. Absolutely. So, you know, and for anybody who's not a musician who is listening, Go find other things, you know, different conferences or or things that have something to do with your job, but it's not whatever you do. And if that kind of revives you, then you know it might be the environment that you were just in. 
not the job specifically. So. Mm -hmm. No, I I love that. I really, that's, that would be a really great episode to expand on the idea of, of environment because environment is the place. It's the people. It's, it's all of the things, you know what I mean? So yeah, that, that'll be interesting to really dive into, but I mean, passion. I feel like also people just throw that word around very loosely these days as well. Um, And like, what really, what is passion? Like what, I don't think it's about liking. I have a lot of things I like. Like I, you know, I like reading and I like um, walking out like in nature and all those things. But like, in terms of like- profile. (laughs) What'd you say? That sounds like you're working on your Tinder profile. I like reading. I like walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like when it comes to like passion, pa- you can you can see pa- passion is tangible. When you ask someone about their job and they immediately like get animated and they're starting to talk and they go into depth, they're explaining things to you that maybe you're like you're like I didn't even know that was a thing. But like you can tell, and I love having friends who are in different fields, but also my friends like y'all who are in music. And when we talk about these things, you can hear that you care. Even on the days where you're like, you're talking about the things that are going wrong, you can hear that you care about it. Um, and I, th- I think that truly is passion, but I also think that a lot of people, you can lose passion easily by different means. And a lot of the time it is that environment. But I mean, I'm curious to to hear from audience members about like a time you maybe you thought you were passionate about something, or maybe you were passionate about something, you lost that passion or if you're still trying to find your passion, you know, because some people don't mix their passion with their with their jobs. And that's, that is also a very normal thing. Yes. Um, and if you're lucky enough to be able to do to mix the it's a it's lucky. And then also it can be, it can be challenging just because we're talking exactly like burnout. Like if you're only burned out by your job, but your job isn't connected to your passion, then you're like, whatever, right. Mm-hmm. But when your job is your passion, you have to be extra careful with it to make sure that's why taking breaks taking steps back taking time away from it to come back to it to feel that freshness you know that's a good feeling it's a great feeling so i mean i i love the conversation i definitely want to hear what what everyone out there is thinking if you felt um seen or heard by anything we mentioned let us know let us know we'll continue this conversation I'm excited about all the guests we're going to have on the season this upcoming year. It's going to be awesome. If you have any suggestions of guests you want to hear us have a conversation with, let us know. Let us know any topics that um, that you're you're thinking about that you want to. <laughs> yes, Michael. Can we get Barney? Bar- Isn't honestly, Barney dead? Barney... <laughs> He's a Isn't... compositional genius. We may we may have to have him on. I love I you. You love me. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Got a little scale, you know. Stop before we get copyrighted. Mm-hmm. Right. Let's let's go ahead and pause. But all right, y'all. <laughs> we hope y'all enjoyed this episode and uh, let us know what you think. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.